Hey, 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 this year. Make sure my other mic is good. Let's bring it a little closer. Hey, welcome to Chew the Bible. It's your good friend, A.A. Ron. It is, what, I, no, November 1st, 2022. And it is, uh, what is it, 6.44 in the evening. Let's take a moment to just uh, say a quick prayer for... Uh, I never listen to a whole lot of I'm not I don't listen to a whole lot of secular rap. I try not to. Just secular music in general. Uh yeah. Cause I personally feel like the spirit's tied to that stuff and whatever you pour into your heart is going whatever out of the heart the mouth speaks. So I, yeah, I just want to preface that. But uh I do appreciate uh black men in this in this country who are talented um and make music and that supports their communities and their families even though you can say all you want about some of these guys but um and whatever you can say all kind of stuff but once again i always say whenever i point before you take the uh speck of dust out of your brother's eye remove the plank out of your own eye because i was anyway i just want to pray real fast for offset um and take off and uh, the whole yeah, Migos, the whole Migos family, but speci- specifically the family to take off. Uh, it's pretty sad. He was shot and killed down in Houston, Texas at a club. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's just, this is sad. He's in his 20s. And yeah, I just want to pray. Heavenly Father, I just pray for uh, just the entire, first of all, entire black community. Uh, this is really, this is heavy for a lot of folks because it's just like we're losing another young black man. Forget the fact that he's an artist, makes a lot of music. He's a young, just a young man. And um, just a black man in general, like just a man in general, another life lost. I keep seeing so much death lately, Lord. So I just pray God for his family. Pray that they'll get in just all those guys that are part of that group that they'll get the health they need and the restoration that they need and yeah thank you for your, your scripture psalm 147 i love to go to verse 3 4 4 that you've healed our broken hearts and bandaged all of our wounds and i think in psalm 56 where you have uh you, you keep all of our tears in your bottle are they not in your book all our wanderings they recorded in your book and so i just pray god um for the tears that have been shed all across the country for this young man and um, the people that are dealing with just the the trauma of um, of just seeing just so much, so much death, God, and it can cause a lot of depression and a lot of um, fear and a lot of anxiety of when it, when is it our time? Well, I just pray, God, that yeah, just peace, peace in the hearts and minds of this generation, and that they would just go to you. They will go to you and just know that you are the cure, that you are the solution for everything. All of our pain, all of our suffering, all the crime that is going on and the shooting of one of the black on black killings. You are the solution for all of it. In Jesus mighty name I pray. Amen. All right. We're in Matthew chapter seven says, do not judge others. Do not judge others and you will not be judged for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you, you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. Verse three, and why worry about a speck in 
<laughs> I didn't even realize. I forgot this is even in here. That's crazy that. Yeah, I just prayed that. Wow. I forgot that that was actually in here in this particular verse. All right. And why worry about this a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log or a plank in some translations? A big old stick, big old bat. It's funny. I had a young lady, a young lady in my car that was dressed up like, uh, what is her name? Holly Harley Quinn. She had a big old bat. <laughs> I said, like, "Just please don't hit me. Uh, please don't hit me with that bat." I used to carry a bat too in my car when I used to do uh, taxi driving. I don't ever want to have to get to that point. Like I'll just like I will run before I hit somebody with a bat. Like I never want to have to like fight somebody. Like I am not a fighter. Anyway, there I go getting off track. All right, how can you think of saying to your friend, "Let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye" when you can't see the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. That's a strong word. You wanna you wanna see somebody get upset? Call him a hypocrite. Hypocrite. I love though that people call somebody else a hypocrite, and it's like that's hypocritical. <laughs> I mean, we should call anyway. There's a thing about yeah. There's a proper way to rebuke people, and it's, it, we're gonna read about that here shortly. But just going around calling people hypocrites, especially all over social media, is not wise. Cause like you're being a hypocrite. Like let's see what I bet if we were to uncover even just your tax documents, that your books. Even my mom, she works for the IRS. She's like, everybody lies. Everybody lies. Like, everybody lies. <laughs> Even if you, some of y'all lying by omission or whatever. That's, anyway, I was just talking to my brother about that, how women tend to lie by omission. You ask them a question, they get, they're real short, and they leave a lot of details out. Man, we, like, yeah, the key to telling if a woman is lying, if she, like, doesn't share a whole lot of details. The key to telling if a man is lying is he shares too much details. Anyway, I'm the one that kind of shares a lot of details because I I don't want anybody to accuse me of lying. But anyway, all right. But like kind of, yeah, yeah, there's a there's a fine balance between the two. All right. Hypocrite. First, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Don't waste what is holy on people who are unholy. Don't throw your pearls to pigs. They will trample the pearls and turn and attack you. But yeah, I've learned that a lot. Like sometimes you have a friend or a family member or blah, fill in the blank, somebody you know close to you, whatever. Somebody at church. And you got to be careful before you just start, you know, sharing things with them. Or like, you know, even though you know it's right, you see something in their life that they would like, just change this or stop doing that. Their whole life could go a whole, they wouldn't be dealing with so much hell on here on earth or whatever, you know? But a lot of times, like before you go talk to them, you should be praying and interceding. How much time you spend in prayer and intercession? Anybody can just go up and give somebody some advice, but that advice you want to be led by the spirit and it's crazy how the Holy Spirit would give you the words to say, and you'd be like, whoa, I didn't even know where that was coming from. Or like, he'll give you a scripture. You gotta be careful with that, because sometimes people, you know, they have a background where they were hurt in church, and church triggers them. Anything that comes across as religious or a bunch of scripture just reminds them of their old Bible thumping, hypocritical family members. Um, there I go using the word hypocrite. But yeah, all right. 
just be led by the spirit when you, you know, are trying to encourage somebody or rebuke uh, or something that you see in their life that needs to be changed. You will, you feel in your spirit like, man, God, help them to change in that area. Help them to change in that area. Because if they don't change in that area, it's going to affect, it's going to cause all this pain, you know, anyway, later on. I've had people rebuke me and I was the, yeah, I was the pig and yeah, didn't want to hear what they had to say. And now I could go, wish I could go back to talk to that version of Aaron or during that time and be like, dude, listen to what they're saying. Listen to what they're saying. Cause what they're saying is very important. <laughs> I'm saving. Yeah. All right. Effective prayer. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. Persistence, kind of like a child who's like, mommy, mommy, mom, 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 can I have, you know, or whatever that is that you're hoping the God to do in your life and desiring for him to do. Before you know it, you'll desire Jesus more than you desire whatever you're hoping for. I think that's part of the reason why he keeps telling us to ask, seek, knock, and doesn't always give us what we want right away. Verse eight, for everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Verse nine, your parents, you you parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? Ooh, that's one of my favorite scriptures. It's good memory verse, but it's hard to believe for yourself because some of us, based on the relationships we have with our parents, I don't know. Some of us, have, you know, grew up very ungrateful. Some of us didn't have parents. Some of us parents weren't always there for us. So depending on your back, what kind of home you grew up in, that scripture will affect how you relate to God and believing that he does desire to give you good gifts. A lot of times. Uh, it's easy. Some a lot of times I, I I come from a mindset, so I got church mouth going on. Going on. I need to drink some water. You know, we got that little slime on the corners of your mouth after you talk so much, or mouth, as some of my friends like to say. Ah, uh, but yeah, where is I going? I thought I had a point. Sorry, I've only got four hours of sleep. My sleep is totally thrown off. Um. Yeah, I a lot of times have this mindset that God is always out to punish me. Like, looking at what I'm doing wrong, quick to, like, give me a spanking or whatever, a discipline because I did something wrong. Like, or cause one of my tires to go flat or teach me some kind of lesson or lecture me or throw a bunch of Bible scriptures at me. Like, I don't know, yeah. And I, I'll never forget I had this counselor. Um, it's funny how most of the, the very, um, the, some of the, most of the, how do I say it? Impactful, impressionable. Oh, men that have had an impact on my life the most. Their names have happened to be Mike. So there's one guy named Mike. I don't want to say his last name, but great guy. And he used to lead our like. Uh, we have this. We have this class in my old church that I used to go to, big mega church. Uh, yeah. Anyway, in a suburb of KC, and um, they used to have like a. Uh, masturbation class so they would talk about all these guys going there that were struggling with masturbation would go there and get help and uh dealing with lust and all that anyway 
I used to have sometimes I have like a couple private counseling sessions with him and he was just very gracious and patient and would encourage me for hours and one of the things and we used to pray through stuff and one of the things he said to me is like would Jesus say that to you like you have to filter out all these every day we have these thoughts you know going back to battlefield of the mind you know, Joyce Meyer, we have all these thoughts that go through our head and we have to ask ourselves, would Jesus say that to me? Would a loving father say that to me? And some of us would never discipline or discipline properly. So when that rebuke comes from the Holy Spirit that is trying to correct us or encourage us not to go that way, go this way, or not, don't say that, Aaron, shut your mouth, just be quiet. <laughs> don't post that online or whatever. Um, whatever, whatever it is, we, we look at discipline and we get, we're shamed by it instead of like welcoming discipline. Even like I have a hard time trusting authority. Anyway, I'm going in 13 minutes. Let's go. The golden rule, do to others, whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. That's, it's funny. That scripture is cool. It's one of the most. There are so many people out in this world who have never read the Bible, don't want to have anything to do with Jesus or God or whatever. Yeah. But they know this scripture. They quote it like, you like, you know, the golden rule, treat others the way you would like to be treated. That's where this comes from. And rarely does the Bible get credit for it. There's so many things out here that people say, and it's from the Bible. And some people don't even know that's what they're saying, that they're quoting Bible scriptures. All right. The narrow gate. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. Hell is a choice. Uh, yeah. Verse 14. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. That's a hard scripture to hear because then it creates all this. Sometimes this can create a lot of division in church. I've seen this a lot where people is like, oh, well, we're the ones who got it right. <laughs> we're getting it right. We're on the narrow road. And. Um, and a scripture we're about to read in a little bit, how it's harder for a camel to go through the eye of a needle of a needle than for whatever to enter in the kingdom of heaven or something I forgot and to enter the kingdom of heaven you must become like a child basically I'm paraphrasing some of these scriptures that we're about to read but before you start thinking like oh we're the ones who are getting it right uh we're the special ones you know our worship is you know more you know God accepts our worship more than other churches or they're the boring church they don't you know they're they're the lukewarm church whatever you are you know we all boy Self-righteousness is a devil in church. Yeah, just remember this. Narrow is the road. Narrow is the road. And the only way we get there is not through our good works, not through our self-righteousness, not me trying harder. It's the Holy Spirit. It's abiding in the Holy Spirit. That's how we stay on the narrow road. And he's the one who leads us and guides us step by step by step by step. And it's a daily battle. The tree and its fruit. Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are rarely vicious, but are really, not rarely, my bad, really 
vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit, that is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit, and a bad tree produce, produces bad fruit. Uh, let me keep reading. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. So it's not enough to just say we're a Christian. That's what I get by that. We like there's there's fruit that comes from. We could have a whole conversation about this. And have you ever eaten a fruit that is not ripe, that wasn't on a tree, that like try to ripen on a truck? Or yeah, it tastes like fruit at Whole Foods or Sprouts versus the fruit at Walmart. You can tell a big difference. Or genetically modified fruit versus organic fruit, big difference. And um, that's the heart. Yeah, that's another thing I've seen a lot in church or just churches like over the years. Just in Christianity, is there's a danger in examining other people's fruit. Yeah, and being like, you know, or thinking like, oh, we we bear we bore all this fruit because we have this great big whatever fill in the blank ministry. All these people that go to our church or whatever, or look at my life, you know. I produce that. I did that, you know, because of my righteous acts, my obedience. And it's like, it's nothing but the grace of God that you have whatever fruit that you are boasting about, right? It's nothing but the grace of God. All of us, if you had been in, if our circumstances might have been just a little bit different, who, or we would have been put in some circumstances, you might be like one of these trees producing bad fruit. And so, Take heed lest you fall. All right, verse 21. Uh, some of y'all might tell I kind of got like a little, uh, I don't know, these are some hard scriptures for me because I've seen a lot of these scriptures used and twisted and manipulated to like elevate one group of Christians and dog out another group of Christians, basically. I've seen it a lot. Verse 21, true disciples. Twenty Verse 21, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, ooh, this is a hard one, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of the Father and of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name, performed many miracles in your name, and did this, 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 handed out tracts, blah, blah, blah. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. All right. I encourage y'all to go read some commentary on this. And even before you read the commentary, just pray and say, Lord, this is a hard word because what I'm reading here is saying there's going to be a lot of people, a lot of Christians or people in church, hypocrites, they got that word again, who've done something, you know, who think they're going to heaven, think we're saved, but actually not entering the kingdom of heaven. And... All I can say about this scripture, what, because sometimes this scripture makes me tremble and it, I've gotten better with it. From what I understand, if Jesus, John 3, John, that in fact, it's funny, I saw a uh, car on the way home, a license plate, it said John 3.16. Yeah. So if Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father or to God except through him. And then John 14.6, that, I don't know, um, 
Yeah, sorry. John 14, 6 is Jesus is the way, the truth, and life. John 3, 16 says that uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. One of the most quoted scriptures. Tebow's favorite scripture, right? Tim Tebow. Remember him? Uh, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. If the only way we have an answer is Jesus, then I always I keep saying this over and 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 over again. And I have to keep reminding myself. Heaven is more about the person that's going to be there than the destination. And if we don't have an intimate relationship with him here on Earth. Then. How are we going to have an intimate relationship with him in eternity? So, um, and then you got the story of the thief of the cross. That's always like kind of like the trump card, like the thief on the cross who recognized that Jesus was the Messiah while on the cross. And he said, from this day forward, you would be with me in paradise. So there's hope. Because somebody could be like, oh, I've done so many bad things. Like when I read scriptures like this, I automatically start examining my life and think back to all. I start to, you know, justify why I should be in heaven. I start to take um, and there's a lot of religions that like have this view when it's time for you to die. God will take all of your good things that you did, all your good deeds and all your bad deeds. And as long as your good deeds, I weigh your bad deeds. Then you're going to heaven. And that's actually a separate conversation. That's about, I believe, called the Bama seat or will be judged. Yeah, our works will be judged and will there be rewards for that? But when it comes to our salvation, that's a different thing. And um, the only way we get to heaven is through Jesus. I don't care what anybody says, that's, he's the way. He's the narrow gate. And the image I'm having in my head that keeps popping in, one more thing before I go on and finish it, wrap this up, is um, I believe there's a scripture that talks about, or no, I've heard people talk about shepherds. And I could be getting this wrong because I've never been shepherded sheep before. And um, is that a word? Shepherded? Yeah, I've never been a shepherd of sheep or goat herder or anything. But apparently sheep herders, they will, when they when they're at night, when they sleep, they like will sleep out at the gate pen or whatever. I could begin to go research this, but I don't know. I've heard that he had the, like a, the shepherd will sleep at the door and to make sure that no intruders come in, no animals come in to attack, and then none of the sheep get out. I don't know. Go look that up. I don't know where I got that from. Go read. That's one of those kind of things I pull out. I don't know. I just have randomly in my head. I could be wrong. Go, go, you know, as old dude from Reading Rainbow says, go don't have to take my word for it go look it up but um the other thing that's one other thing i'll yeah i'll never forget just being with my cut my um not my cousin my son matthew and we went to the the zoo and yeah i've told this before went and we saw the sheep and the goats are right next to each other we're like well the sheep were in one sectioned off pen or whatever you know fences and then the goats were sectioned off in another section and it's funny to watch if you just sit i encourage y'all to go to the zoo especially the kansas city zoo because they have this the setup they have i'll never forget my son matthew was like what a sheep stink and they were kind of dirty or whatever and then we walked over to the goats and he was like but the goats they they stink even more like 
something about as Christians, as sheep of Jesus Christ, we're going to get dirty. He knows that. Yet he still loves us unconditionally. He's always willing to leave the 99 sheep to go after the one that veers off and wanders off, right? Um, for the us backsliders, you know, that go through the seasons like that. Um, yeah. And it's interesting, like the sheep are so peaceful. They're just chilling, they're eating, napping. And you look at the goats and they're all running around. Like they just look, they're just different. And they just look kind of, I don't know. Just, ex- just observe the differences between goats and sheep. And you'll see why the Bible uses a lot of imagery if, between the two. All right. To compare Christians versus um, non-believers or hypocrites or whatever. <sighs> this, is, this is a hard scripture. All right. To read through. These are some, when I say hard, I mean like you will be challenged in your faith and in your, your walk with God as you read through this and allow the, allow the word to, to cleanse you too. Um, building on a solid foundation. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock, though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house. It won't collapse because it is built on the bedrock built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish like a person who builds a house on sand when the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house it will collapse with a mighty crash when jesus had finished now i will say this no matter what your ha- I want to read, yeah, I encourage y'all to meditate on this scripture because some of us as Christians have built our house on Jesus and the bedrock and we've experienced this, experienced storms and it might have been a hurricane, right? Or whatever, a hailstorm, like yeah, the hailstorm that came through my neighborhood when I was a kid and this big old humongous baseball sized piece of hail came through our window and destroy, you know, jacked up our ceiling, our roof or whatever, and we had to get it repaired. I remember that hill storm. Don't mistake a storm for a complete, like, collapse, destruction. Because some of us have gone through some storms. I've been through some storms where it felt like your the whole house collapsed. And if you could really see in the spirit realm the house it's just no your house didn't collapse some windows broke you know the the roof might have been damaged and thank God for insurance those things can be fixed though like basically when I read that scripture it's like people who don't have a relationship with Jesus I don't know how people do it like when when these storms come in even simple stuff like their boyfriend or girlfriend or spouse breaking up with them or the elevator not working, or them having tor- turmoil at jobs, or being fired, or whatever, losing a bunch of money. Those things, they have nothing like to keep them solid or grounded or rooted. And one of the things I'll never forget my former wife telling me, like, I'll never forget this. And I'm not saying this to my own horn, but it like encouraged me. I'll never forget it. She's like, 
Aaron, you do sometimes you do some wild stuff. You do some stuff that basically I know grieves God or whatever the Holy Spirit, but you're always quick to repent and turn back to him and just go back to him. And it's weird, too, because even as I say that, sometimes I'm like, man, there's a whole nother level of like repentance that I don't even fully understand um, of turning to God. And a lot of times. Yeah. Anyway. Foundation foundation i got as a kid i got to see my parents build a house from the ground up and see them pour the foundation and put the wood um uh, put up all the um what they call it framing whatever i don't know i just remember my parents we would go back and forth all the time to go look at that house as it was being built and um and there's been a lot of storms that have come through st louis to that particular neighborhood over the years but the reason why i'm still standing is because it's on a solid foundation and so um that's one of the first things they do when they build a house and so jesus if he's not your foundation then nothing in life will make sense when the bad things happen you you won't be able to answer you won't be able to have an answer for why do bad things happen to good people because if jesus is your foundation your first thought is who's who is good who is good? All of sin and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us deserve death. I'm only here by the grace of God. And trials, tribulations, circumstances like in the case of Job or anybody else in the Bible, Daniel, Joseph, even Jesus, we can look to him. Jesus is the perfect example of somebody who was persecuted, who was beat, wrongfully treated, and his foundation was in God. He was rooted in God. He and he provided us that foundation. He laid the foundation. Yeah, and then passed it on to Peter anyway, which the church is built on, but we'll get to that eventually. All right. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. I think I beat that drum hard enough. All right. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against the house, that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things the crowds were amazed at his teaching for he taught with real authority quite unlike their teachers of religious law i just want to yeah just hammer home one more time on that whole concept of uh collapsing versus damage collapse even a house that has dealt with storm damage right you know water damage fire damage that stuff i've heard of stories yeah people are getting their stuff this lady was telling me yeah they they send your stuff off to this place and they can pull get the smoke out and there's all these things to do to like handle water damage and all that kind of thing and mold and that stuff can be fixed but when a house has collapsed completely that's you pretty much got to start all over and god can even work with that but when you start over it's almost like a house, the terminology for a house of cards. If you keep building your, your house, which is your life, all of our decisions, our choices are built on, it represents a house, our life. And if you keep building, going out every day, and God is not the foundation, if he's not the first person you think about when you wake up, and the first person you talk to when you wake up, and the last person you talk to and think about before you go to bed and first the person you talk to all throughout your day, if he's not your foundation, 
Yeah, yeah. He, if you don't have a relationship with him, you never ask Jesus into your heart, which I invite you to do at the end of this podcast. If you listen to the podcast, I have the Romans Road to Salvation. Or you can just simply say, Jesus, come into my heart. Make me a new person. From this day forward, I turn away from my sins and I turn to you and I ask you, Lord, to help me be the man or woman that you called me to be. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. It's as simple as that. And from this day forward, he is your foundation. A lot of things aren't going to make sense. You're going to deal with my dad passing away in the bathroom over there. Didn't make sense at all. But you know, I have my hard days where I cry and deal with emotions or whatever. But the reason why I haven't completely collapsed, like losing, you know, going through a divorce, dealing with, you know, walking away from the most money I've ever made in my life. The reason why it didn't like completely destroy me is because of God being my foundation and I knew where to go back to. Like no matter how bad it got, I know who to go to. So. And then lastly, this whole real authority part. Somebody who walks in authority, like they don't have to go around telling people that like. And usually our concept of authority. We are like, and this is just my person. This is Aaron just kind of sharing. We often think it's like the most the best speaker or the person that yeah, most eloquent or the person yeah, is able to able to get their message across the best or they are, are direct in being able to give orders and tell people to do when people see that person they listen and they move this way or that way um there's something about authority there's like a gentleness there that often often gets like underplayed but I'm going to let y'all let that marinate. Let the Holy Spirit talk to you about what authority looks like. Walking in authority with Jesus. With Jesus. Walking in his authority. Um, and we're going to get to that one story where the disciples are trying to cast out a demon and they're not able to. And Anyway, Jesus had authority. When he told something, to ha- when he said something, it happened. So... And he says we can walk in that same authority. And um, I will say, I'll close in this. There's a lot of, sometimes I heard these different things preached about like, oh, like talking about how Christians don't have authority, you know. And if Christians were really doing this X, Y, Z, you know, maybe we could be walking in authority. And maybe... You know, we would be able to lay hands on the sick and they get healed, or we would be able to see all these different wonders, signs, and miracles. I've been seeing a lot of preaching on wonders, signs, miracles, wonders, signs, miracles. And maybe the mer- one of the biggest miracles that could ever happen is somebody's heart being changed. But we want the glamour stuff. We want to be able to, like, post such and such had a broken leg, you pray for them. And the leg just straightened up, the cast fell off, or they were in a wheelchair and they stood up, or they were blind, and all of a sudden now they can see. And what if the greatest miracle? I love, yeah, my church. The, the pastor often says is like one of the some a lot of times the most healing he's ever seen. Because we call, like to call our church a healing place. It's our theme is healing in people's hearts. 
that's one of the greatest miracles. Seeing somebody with like a Scrooge-like hardened heart and it just melts like butter. So, or candle wax. <laughs> All right, y'all, I'm gone. See, now that I know that I can post videos that go more than 15 minutes, it's kind of not the greatest thing, but I'm sorry, y'all, the New Testament, if the Old Testament to me was like, um, hmm, what's a restaurant that I can compare these to? If the Old Testament was like, um, let's say Longhorn, I love Longhorn. The New Testament to me is kind of like Ruth's Chris or one of these other little restaurants that um, I currently don't spend my money to eat at, um, but I take people to. Or like McCormick and Schmick or... I don't know, the, uh, what is the other place? Um, making y'all hungry now. Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. A really nice five-star restaurant versus like Longhorn or Red Lobster. So I might, I'm gonna try my best to keep these recordings close between 15 and 30 minutes. No more than an hour, definitely. But sometimes I might just let it go in this because this is therapeutic for me, just like talking through the Bible, talk, talking through like how this Bible, the Bible, the word of God makes me feel and what my reactions are to it and like where the state of my mind and my heart is as I'm reading this. And hopefully some of y'all get something out of it. I feel led to close in prayer. So Heavenly Father, I know we open in prayer, I'm closing in prayer. Heavenly Father, just thank you for this beautiful, amazing day. It was gorgeous, Lord, the leaves turning in the sun just beaming out there it wasn't uh too hot not too cold it's like the perfect one of the perfect best fall days of the year i'll say that and i just pray god that um i heard somebody say recently that your favorite color is is seeing jesus being reflected off of us because white color is just something to do with white i forgot what the, all the what he said well you know what i'm talking about but just seeing you reflected in our lives, God, seeing even all the colors of, of races and ethnicities in this world reflect one God, one Jesus, one Holy Spirit, walking in power, walking in authority, walking in joy, walking in peace and living in harmony. That's the only way our world will have peace, harmony, no more violence is you, Jesus. You are the answer. You're the cure. So I just pray in the name of Jesus for those listening to this while watching this video, listening to this podcast, they would just, um, you would, any way their heart has been hardened, God, I pray they, I pray for healing, healing that scripture, yeah, Psalm 147, that you've healed our broken hearts and bandaged all of our wounds. I pray that that would just marinate in their minds, Lord, and seep into their hearts, and they would brine, they would brine in the salt of that truth and be changed and transformed forever. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, amen. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned or missed the mark or veered off the path and fallen short of the glory of God or God's perfect standard. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages or the cost of that sin is death or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5a says, But God demonstrated his love toward us or showed his love toward us in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. 
Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will, not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God, and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody or everybody, who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you never asked Jesus into your heart or you've walked away from him and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty precious name I pray. Amen.